What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. You know, from a, from a Mises perspective, I want someone who's really like representing our values and our shared vision. Mm-hmm. And so I think you're going to see more names enter the, the race as we get a little bit closer. It's like, it's tough though. Like I keep reminding everyone it's early, but it's not early. It's political season, right? It's early, like as in people are announcing now and those people are early, but it's not too early to announce. So everyone's very anxious to see who jumps in. But uh, mm-hmm. I do think we're going to see some some people jumping in. I think we're also going to see people from other political parties trying to run under the LP banner. And so that'll be, um, you know, I have to handle that as uh, gracefully as possible. Unless it's Joe Exotic, who I did chase <laughs> out of the party. Oh, like my a, God, I completely like forgot jerk. about that. What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty, physical and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Man, I'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on leg day. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica. So if that's a problem, kiss my ass. Okay? I am. <laughs> All right. All right, everybody. This is In Liberty and Health, episode 199. I swear to God, the numbers fly by. Um, last time she was on, she was on with a couple of uh, other regulars. Uh, she is Angela McArdle. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, of course. Well, I enjoy talking to you. You are a uh, uplifting spirit in my estimation. I think you uh, handle the stress of being LNC chair pretty well, especially with all the uh, daggers thrown at you. In fact, there was somebody that I really like that was calling you a neocon. And I'm like, just just stop. She, she, you guys are like on the same side. But you know, th- that's a confusing ridiculous. one. That's mm-hmm. a confusing one. I'm trying to wonder like, what could I have done or said that would be interpreted as neocon behavior? I'm pretty like aggressively anti-war. Yeah. So hmm. I think people throw maybe that's just the new insult, like racist mm. or you know, Nazi. Yeah. Um, so you know, we're about two months out, and I wanted to talk to you about this and kind of see the postmortem now because I feel like probably a lot of shit is settled. Um, first things first, I came out to bat for you because I think you're somebody worth going to bat for. Um, when people were saying that you were speaking in front of a Russian flag and that the anti-war rally was some pro-Russian rally, I'm like, you guys will do anything to disingenuously swipe at someone who's doing work, right? You, like yeah. you could throw stones at anybody for any fucking reason, but that was just like low-hanging, disingenuous fucking bullshit. So um kind of look at this post-mortem um what are your thoughts about the anti-war rally and what are your thoughts about kind of stuff like that in the future sure so it went really well um and and i want to unpack all of that and i will i'll give you some some interesting details on all of that we are planning another one in fact i was on a planning call with uh with some other guys just a couple hours ago nice 
with Nick Brana and some other people. So we're, we're assembling something big actually for next year. And now we're trying to fill in the pieces and get some things going in between leading up to it. Mm -hmm. So success, we've got a whole movement going. Now we're working on ways that we can kind of do more outreach to people who are politically on the right and include them in this as well, since we've set the standard of working really well with people on the left. So super exciting there. Oh, well, you've got to remember the commies want you dead. Right, 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 right. right. Well, only the ones within the party, not the ones outside of the party. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, what a weird uh, dichotomy. I would say that overall, it was really easy to work with the group of volunteers we had. And we learned a lot of really good lessons about how to do issue coalitions. Like mm-hmm. people freaked out when they saw that we were really going to work with people on the left. And I think sometimes there's a little bit of a, a misunderstanding of what that means. Like when we when we talk about the left, when you and I talk about the left on the internet, we're usually talking about a certain segment of it. The Ukraine flag, vaccine card, like current thing supporting, vote for Joe Biden, even if you don't like him left. But that's not the left that we worked with. Like we found, you know, everybody's always been screaming for the last 20 years, where's the anti-war left? Well, we found them. They're just kind of scattered. It's kind of like the liberty movement, but like more all over the place and with even more infighting. Um, they th- There's like little pockets of them over here. Some of them are like super anti-woke. Some of them are very populist leaning. Uh, some of them are very woke. And those are the ones that, ooh, you know, they didn't want to work with me because there's SPLC hit pieces written on me and that kind of thing. But, but the anti-woke ones, the ones who are like all about free speech, the ones who are Jimmy Dore supporters, like they came out swinging. They were stoked. They, they were happy to work with us. And, and that's how it, how it worked out. And, and we have a great working relationship with them now. We want to do more stuff. You know, we want to oppose the drug war together. Most of them are very pro-Second Amendment too, which is really awesome. So it's like we found more things we had in common. So um, so that was that was a really fantastic element of the rally. Now, the rally itself, um, hmm, let's dig in on rally day, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, first things first, from my yeah. estimation, when you guys organize the event and the way that um, the speakers, it, it seemed like the speakers probably could have been a little bit more to their time. But obviously, yeah, I, I can't. Nobody's going to hold or in my mind, I wouldn't hold you accountable for that. Um, from somebody who has organized events and occasionally helps organize events for music stuff, um, it seemed like it actually like things were relatively well organized. Because yes. normally, like as soon as you get there, it's like a fucking disaster. <laughs> I've seen it plenty of times over and over and over again. Even at like professional venues, this seemed like it went really well. But like I said, the only thing that I think anybody would knock you for is just like, well, not you, but. The speaker's length and just trying to keep everybody on schedule because some people had to wait a little bit longer and some speeches were shorter than others. Just, you know, but really, if that's your biggest problem, that is a absolute success in my mind. So, so some things that happened. So that was an issue. Um, So we get there, right? Uh, load in time by the way this took so much like the logistical work on this is incredible so for anybody who wants to hold a rally with, with when you've got over a thousand people at the lincoln memorial in washington dc you've got to secure the permit very early in advance you've got to be the only person on that date you've got to have a medical tent you've got to pay for it you've got to have porta potties uh so many porta potties per uh few hundred people you've got to pay for that uh, you you need insurance. You need 
you need a site map, a drawing of everything, uh, like a professional drawing. You've got to have all of your equipment checked at a certain time. It's got to be in at like 5 a.m. It's got to be out at a certain time. Like it is a crazy logistical nightmare to get all of this stuff done. Um, you got to have security, you know, like we had to have like hardcore and they've got to be unarmed security because it's a federal um, park. So it's like wild. So there's a ton of planning that goes into it. The, the Jumbotron, you know, like, the stage setup that was quite intense too it's not like we just kind of loaded in a friend of a friend's gear like you got to have the the real deal professional equipment it's all very expensive the whole thing cost us oh my gosh how much did it cost us i can't remember right now it was over eighty thousand dollars to put the whole thing together yeah very expensive for a one-day event now we paid for a handful of people's plane tickets i think but not a lot just a just a few people who genuinely couldn't make it um in a couple of hotel rooms and otherwise like it was all gear getting stuff there the day of. we had a ton of volunteers and it would not have happened without them and we had people there at 5 a.m you know and people were people from out of town were there at 5 a.m so it was like a huge undertaking on our part um things that were a little bit of a hiccup right so people going over their time I'm very type A. I am a type A person that like when someone's like, Angela, I need you to talk for 10 to 15 minutes. I'm like, well, which is it? Which is it? You know, I, I need to know. I'll, I'll do my word count. I'll do a speech. I'll practice it. And I'm like, okay, I'm it uh, looks like I'm in at a uh, nine minutes, uh, 54 seconds. I'm good. That kind of thing. That was not what was happening. Yes. Everybody knew in advance what their time was. We didn't release like the full list of everybody else's speaking times because we didn't want to piss people off. And, oh, I have five minutes. They have eight minutes. We're just like, you got five minutes. You got eight minutes. X, Y, Z. People had notes and they just went over. And I'm down there. You can see me down there like <laughs> waving. Like we had a guy there with a big sign, you know, like one minute, 30 seconds, you're done. And they're just going over. And I'm I'm like down there waving my hands like frantically. I don't even think they could see. I think that people were so in the zone and focused on what they were doing. They were just going. Yeah. So it's like, I need to figure out some way to tactfully without pissing everyone off, pull someone off the stage next time. I was thinking like, do we want Oscars music? Maybe we'll do Oscars music. You just have someone like stiff arm them right as soon as they go over the timeline. I was telling people too, as they walk up, like I whispered to Tulsi Gabbard, cause she's like second to last on. I'm like, everyone's over time. Um, mm -hmm. I'm negotiating with Park Service to not shut down mid mid speech. You know, like as I'm crossing her, like welcome. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, we're gonna freak out. Um, so that was a thing. You know, National Park Service was they they almost like cut the sound on us before even Ron Paul got up there, and we had to beg and plead with them, like please, please, mm -hmm. please, we'll be out of here on time. We'll work double time. I'll pay you money. What do you want? You know, like we made it work, but ooh. Ooh, that last like 30 minutes, I was like a nail biting, like stressful event. Mm -hmm. um, but we made it. And, oh, let's talk about the Russian flags. So, so people were freaking out because there was a period of like, I don't know, 30 seconds, maybe where I was talking and people behind me had Russian flags. It's like, okay, it's not actually a private event. Mm -hmm. I can't actually, I can't literally kick them out. I can't kick them out of the Lincoln Memorial um what we did do was we had other people who had american flags and other signs blocking them but at a certain point those people were like i gotta take a bathroom break i'm gonna walk over like i can't mm -hmm. like you know 
So I guess in the future we'll need more flags, but then also it's like cringe. Like, you know, like I need an army of American flags up behind me. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really that into that either, you know? Mm -hmm. So we'll have to have more signs, more flags of all varieties, who knows, to, to sort of plan for that. But we did, we were on it and you can find me in the video a couple of times standing with Irene. Like we're like trying to find them where they went. We're like, are they causing more problems? Are they causing more, mm -hmm. whatever. One thing that happened that we did a really good job of catching that didn't make the video is we had an agent provocateur in the crowd mm -hmm. going around with bricks and sticks and trying to set stuff up and incite a riot. Oh, no and way. yeah, we had a Mises guy who was on top of that and followed him around on the walk. And we did get him ejected because that's over the line. Mm -hmm. um, but nothing, nothing bad happened. Like nothing crazy happened. And we were nervous. Um, we had people there who were on the Ukrainian kill list. Diane Sayre of the Schiller Institute, a really sweet lady. For some reason, they put her on the kill list because she's outspoken on the war. So she had her own security detail coordinating with ours. You know, Tulsi, I think, is the same. So it was, there were some like kind of intense moments, but, um, but no fighting and no drama. It was like an incredible day. Everybody got along. And at the end of it, we had like a wrap party afterwards at a restaurant that, that volunteered, you know, they're like, you know, everybody pay for dinner, but we're going to shut down of our own volition and just to have a private party. And it was like, everybody was hugging each other. There were people there in like BLM t-shirts, people I never would have thought like, I'm going to go to an event and it's going to be cool. And they were just like awesome to be around so so yeah opposing war is is one of the things that will bring people together uh, which what a what a fascinating like um contrast there like a juxtaposition you know of war like being like all about conflict but the people who oppose it end up coming together yeah um and it's kind of funny because i think you and i both kind of hover more in right-leaning spaces um it, it's kind of funny to see the reaction of everybody that just lost their freaking mind that we were entertaining left-leaning people and I, I i can't stand this dogmatism of oh you know they have to be all right wing and all left-wingers want you dead like just that shit's so fucking tired to me and war is the biggest issue i mean this shit yeah. is coming back home and if we don't do something about it, then we lose civilization. I mean, there, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry if your little ideological bubble is getting popped because I'm talking to some people that disagree with me on economics and healthcare to, uh, you know, oppose nuclear war with Russia and China, which, you know, props to some of the people that brought up that in their speech as well. Um, I think that's a way bigger issue than being ideologically pure. And a lot of people want to do the whole right wing circle jerk specifically when it comes to libertarianism. But, um, yeah. you know, I, I don't see an issue with talking to these people and you know i still communicate with a lot of these people like there were a lot of connections made um i think for tons of people and you don't know what that looks like a couple years down the road where you know you're able to look past just the small petty bullshit that really doesn't matter all that much absolutely i, I mean there's there's no economic theory in nuclear winter there's right. no there's no hospitals there's no there's no healthcare system when everything is is bombed to hell like so you know, like I try to approach it from that perspective. And, and also like, if you want to win people over, like a lot of these guys are with us on like, you know, more than half, more than 50% of their beliefs, which I think is fantastic. Why are we pushing aside people who agree with us on so much because they disagree with us on a few things? It doesn't mean that I think they should join the libertarian party, but it does mean that I think that we need to 
be allies and and work on things that we agree on. And, and you know what? Maybe we will win them over eventually. Like, I look at it as sort of a long game thing. Like, I'm not going to try to cram a bunch of people into the LP who aren't libertarians. Right. I am stoked to tell you guys about the show's new sponsor. I am now working with MTS Nutrition, which is a brand that I've believed in for a very long time. And they run awesome cells and they have awesome products. So um, I want to tell you about their amazing protein powder, which you're going to ask me how many pounds I have of the protein powder and the answer is all of them. So here I got red velvet cake, 25 grams of protein, and they have the amino acids and everything on there, 59 servings. Peanut butter fluff, uh, fluffernutter, 26 grams of protein, and then also the chocolate chip cookie, which literally has real pieces of chocolate chip cookie in there. So 27 grams of protein, 180. As I've talked about on the show, getting your protein in is very, very important. So make sure you hit that link below and purchase your protein powder through MTS Nutrition. Boom! But if you want to make the world more libertarian, like you've got to practice what you preach and, and you've got to demonstrate it and also show that you're like, you know, a sane human being that other people might want to be around. Because that's been a real problem for the Libertarian Party and, and the movement too, just, you know, not as much as the party, is it's like, you know, Libertarians are annoying. We're annoying people. We're we're mean. We are know-it-alls. You know, like, we wear fedoras. Have to have like, the last word, yep. Yeah, we're annoying. <laughs> and so it's like, why don't you try practicing being like a decent person? So we got to do that. It was It was great. It worked out really well. Yeah, no, I'm all about the uh, in-person events. So, you know, all the time on Twitter, I'm always plugging my shows and stuff like that, just because it's like, go and be normal. And not everything yes. has to be some political circle jerk or ideological purity spiraling deal where you're, you know, talking about the latest book you wrote or something like that. Like, go out and just enjoy. Like, um, I got there with my brother Friday night, I think it was. And um, we went over to the house where Clint, Reed, and uh pasta we're staying and just had a good time you know we had some drinks yeah. ate and just bullshitted and like we didn't we talked about some political stuff but i mean it was all like lighthearted. it's not like we're slamming the tables and having debates and stuff like that. like no these are normal people too and that's where i think most kind of people even in politics really are is that they don't look at it as this like extreme game and i think um especially when you're on twitter um people really just think that this is like an all or nothing game 100 of the time yep. and like you just it, it's not a good way to live your life and i really think you, you go down a bad path if you're just thinking that everybody's like this hostile actor it's not a good headspace in my estimation i totally agree i think also that like especially for the people in the party we're so like engrossed in what we're doing we're not really normal like you should you should go out you should go to a concert watch sports i don't care everybody's like bread and circuses and my response is please get a life like you should have something right. something that's not politics because like otherwise you're just like this weird one-dimensional character and, and that's where you get to be like annoying and probably also exhausted mentally and emotionally okay. like it's it's kind of a heavy burden to to bear you know like constantly constantly fighting the government like take 30 minutes off to enjoy some music or, or dinner or something mm -hmm. yeah no i completely agree so i think that actually provides a decent pivot over to kind of the lnc stuff because i'm sure that this is uh as we were talking before the show kind of like mind-numbing and boring stuff but at the same time I feel like people don't understand what it is to run an organization. I'll be the first yeah. one to, to admit that I'm, you know, in that same spot as well. I can only empathize so much, 
but you know, I see people always saying, Oh, look, all these donations are down. And you actually did a video today. I, I actually completely forgot about it till um, I started, you know, this question that uh, you kind of compared it to somebody poorly driving a vehicle or driving a very, very like defective vehicle. Yeah. And now you're trying to get things back on the road. So, um, you know, people, once again, people are saying that, hey, donations are down and look at these measures. But it's like, well, what's the full context here? Because right. you could point to anything and then do this ad hoc analysis and, you know, say what you want to say and have it look the way you want it to look. But, you know, what, what's what's the full context here? So, yeah, I guess I, I mean, want to turn it over to you to kind of provide that context. So it's it's actually it's incredibly complex. Well, let me like gloss over the high points. Right. Sure. So we use tools our our staff and our our state affiliates use tools uh the customer relations management software crm it helps you keep track of all of your data and helps you contact other people you know contact members contact donors and so on and so forth and we got off of one tool late last year and completely onto another tool and unfortunately the way that it was managed was a disaster mm-hmm. it was a disaster um I don't think that anybody anticipated it would be that way. I don't think that the people who did it, who are no longer working here for the most part, I don't think that they had a good grasp on how much work it would be and the risks associated with it. So we lost a lot of uh, really important data. The data, once it was migrated over, did not come cleaned up. Like it took way more time. You know, it was too much of an undertaking for such a small group of people, and there were too many unknowns and and variables. And that made it really difficult to, to fundraise. And so people are like, well, the last party, like the last LNC, they didn't have, I'm like, I know, because they didn't have this technical nightmare to deal with. So it's like, if I want to call you up and I'm like, oh, Kyle's membership expired, you know, three months ago, I better call him up and talk to him and, you know, like, see if he'll want to renew and then I call you up and you're like, what are you talking about? I'm, I, I renewed two weeks ago, you know, and I'm like, oh, well, that's embarrassing. It's like that, but like times a thousand. So there's all these layers. It's so complex. So staff is like busy cleaning it up. And then in the meantime, like that means that they don't get to do other things. So they're worked overtime. Everyone's mad at them, you know, because it's like, well, you didn't do the thing. You know, I've got 20 other things. And they're like, I know I, these poor human beings, it's like, they can only do so many things in a day. And then you've got volunteers coming in to try to help, but then staff has to take time off of fixing things to train volunteers. So it's like this cascading nightmare. So I feel like we're finally sort of at like an end is in sight and we've got a handle on what the situation is. It involved like forensic accounting to figure out where the dollars were dropped and who wasn't getting called. And there was not proper documentation documenting of processes when other people left, you know, some people left really angry, you know, you don't share our vision. You don't want to help us. Okay. You know, like what, they're not slaves. I can't keep them here and like demand that they like me or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's when administrations change, you know, there's Mm going to be turnover and it's not always uh, me firing people. Sometimes it's people leaving. Mm -hmm. So that was a hot mess. Um, and it's still it's still getting cleaned up. I think one of the things that we can do 
going forward, which we're going to try to do, is to try to fundraise more in spite of it. So I will tell you, like, we did a 420 fundraiser, which seemed kind of cheesy, super successful. I think we're raking in close to $10,000 on that one. So that's great. Uh, but but even then, I get messages as people are donating, they're sending me screenshots. They're like, the system won't process my donation. I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like, mm-hmm. people are literally trying to give me money and I can't <laughs> take it. Can't take yeah. it because it's broken. Mm-hmm. So there's that, you know, and I did the donation campaign for the um the rat video as as we'll uh, call it to keep it PG here. Um but yeah, man, it's a it's a work in progress and then the whole time you're doing this, like you got to balance the needs of state affiliates and it's like the squeaky wheel gets the oil uh-huh. and even I'm, you know, you've got to balance like different personalities and you've got like the convention committee, like they have needs too and like trying to plan things in the future and then I'm trying to push back the 2028 convention so that we're not um, having conventions so late in the year, if that makes sense. Like it's, wow. So there's a lot going on um, and it's a lot to deal with. And a lot of people are really like pissed off about X, Y, and Z and everybody has an idea of how to fix things. And then I got to deal with regulatory agencies, which is a whole nother nightmare. And then you got to like, I'm like, how fine of a line do I want to walk? You know, like, cause as a libertarian, I want to kind of, <laughs> yeah, not right. uh, erase the line, but then also I'm the steward of, you know, other people's money. So, mm-hmm. so I need to be kind of, you know, like, all right, well, let's not go off half cocked. If I'm going to make a risk, if I'm going to take a risky move, it should at least be an informed decision. Right. And let other people know. And, and then you got like legal stuff and like hater States trying to steal shit. And it's just like wild. So it's, it's like whack-a-mole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> except instead of moles it's like demons so whack a demon <laughs> yeah well i think you've actually done a good job i i know uh i i think there have been people that um came at you for blocking them but uh i think you retorted once and said like it's probably better that you just don't interact with them rather yeah. than g- getting drugged down in the mud because then you know what happened when you block them they're gonna cry that you blocked them but though if you get down and dirty with them they're gonna say oh look this is the lnc look yeah. yeah, it's a bad look. And and right. this is like, it blows my mind that people don't understand this. We are <laughs> not the GOP. We are not the DNC. We're not that huge monolithic party. Mm-hmm. We're much smaller and we're, we're presumed to be more closely knit. Mm-hmm. So if there is a candidate in Alabama, for instance, because this happened once in Alabama, who just hates my guts and all they can do is tweet at me all day long, that is not good for their campaign. So I have to block. I'm like, I'm so sorry. We have to, we have to block each other because this is unhealthy. I want you to put your best face forward. Even if you hate my guts, mm-hmm. I don't want your constituents seeing you being like unhinged on the internet. Yeah. Cause, cause they're just going to be like the libertarian, uh, what? And then they, they don't vote for you. So it's mm-hmm. for your own good. Everyone it's for your own good. <laughs> Yeah, well, like I said, it, it it'd be a bad look if you were getting in all this drama. Like people yeah. are like, I, I don't want anything to do with that. If you know this is all it's going to be, so um, and like if you hate the chair of your own party that much, shouldn't that kind of make you consider where you stand and like where you stand in comparison to the party? I mean, I think so. You know, I try to be sympathetic because, like, I hated uh, you know the leadership of Nick Sarwark and Joe Bishop Hinchman, although. I wasn't nasty to them on social media. Right. Like people are like, "Oh, you." And I'm like, "No, no, you're you're thinking of someone else." Cuz I wasn't nasty to them cuz I just don't think it's a good look. Right. I just don't. Like I I would sometimes make jokes or mm-hmm. 
occasional sarcastic comments, but never anything really aggressive. Cause it's just like, there's, there's better, better ways to spend my time. Right. And, and there's a difference between you acting as your own person and then you acting on behalf of the LNC, which, you know, I'm sure yeah. that people could distinguish between the two, but um, disingenuous people will say that you're, you know, that you're always <sighs> one and the same. Yeah. It's like, I, like when I go to sleep, I'm still the LNC mm -hmm. when I'm in the shower, I'm like, um, What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. In my official capacity, I am showering and washing my hair. You know, I am officially changing a diaper, you know, like in my capacity as the LNC. It's like... It's it's unhealthy too, and I think that that's part of this like unhealthy activist culture we have, where we think that the party like literally owns everyone and you're a slave, which is kind of like loser energy. We need to think better of ourselves and the people around us. Yeah, well, um, one thing that I've you know probably beat to death on this podcast is kind of something that we were alluding to earlier is just got to be like sociable people. Like mm -hmm. you need to go do events and stuff like that. Like. If there were, let's say, an event that was sponsored by the Libertarian Party in a certain state, but it wasn't political at all, then, like, that's a good thing because now you're just yes. being around other people. Like, I know we did something like that here in Pennsylvania, and um, as far as I could re recall, I wasn't there, but um, it seemed like it went off really, really well. But, like, stuff like that, you know, go out and hang out with other people, and then, I, in my mind... The only way that you're going to get a bigger movement is to build relationship capital with people. Like that's the slow march. Like there's not going to be just Ancapistan tomorrow as much as we would right. like that. You have to build relationships with people so that way they invest in you and then they can invest in your ideas after they invest in you because, you know, they trust you. They trust that you're not an idiot. And if you just go into every conversation with how much you hate Joe Biden or how much you hate Donald Trump, um, it's going to turn, you know, at least half the people that you're talking to off. And I, I think it's just such a bad look to just, you know, go in and, and be, like you said, a one-dimensional person just talking politics all the time. Totally agreed. That is something I would love to see that the LP do is I would love to have a sponsoring like uh, UFC. I mean, that's, an, that's a pricey one, but wouldn't that be freaking rad, you know, right. to see a handful of libertarians there in the front and see our logo there or sponsorship. But but short of that, it's like you could get a booth at a farmer's market and just do voter registrations and just kind of chill and like have, I don't, I don't know, candy to pass out or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing that I've kind of shot the shit with some of the guys from the Libertarian Institute and AntiWar.com is um, having almost like a, I don't know how you would even go about this, but maybe having like a board for people on certain issues. So like when it comes to the war stuff, like having a group of people that you can consult for issues whenever somebody's not clear on something, because yeah. um, what I've noticed a lot and not with anybody in particular, but like, you know, somebody had, you know, and he's know something about Ukraine. Okay. Well then, Hey, Dave, the camps right over there, talk to him. He'll get you all lined up on this issue. Or, you know, there's somebody talking something about China. Hey, Pat McFarland's over here. You talk yep. to him. We set you straight. You know, if you need all your Jack and tan stuff, Hey, I'm right here. <laughs> you know, having some kind of committee to just, um, you know, to, to refer people to on certain issues. So that way, 
in their campaigns whenever their constituents come to them hey china's buying all my farmland well let's let's walk through this issue or you know is russia going to nuke us tomorrow well here you know i'm running for your congressional district um let me break this issue down for you um that's just an idea that i i kind of shot around to people i don't know once again, I, I have no idea how you facilitate something like that. I would love to put together advisory boards after I like finish my internal cleanup, or at least make a little <laughs> bit more, get closer to finishing it up. I mean, it's it's no secret I rely on Scott Horton heavily for for foreign policy. Like mm-hmm. he's basically like the foreign policy guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I would I would love to have like economic advisors too, and people mm-hmm. where we just go and are like, can you give me like two sentences on this, you know, for social media or for candidate, you know, resources, things like that, that, that would be really great. Yes. Okay. So another question that I had, um, kind of looking back at the midterms, I think everybody was kind of taken back by it because I think a lot of people thought, oh, red wave because Joe Biden sucks at everything and mm-hmm. everybody hates him. And this could be partially just the people that I surround myself and I see on my Twitter is just, you know, oh, everybody's a Trump supporter, right wing. So, you know, of course we're going to see a red wave and, you know, when I'm driving around my small town here in Pennsylvania, there's Trump flags everywhere. So, um, I thought for sure it was just going to be, you know, Democrats getting blown out of the water, but um, it wasn't that. Um, there was a lot more blue wins. So the one thing I kind of took away from that is that um, there's a lot more moderate Democrats and maybe even moderate Republicans and people think. And yep. the culture war maybe isn't as hot as people want you to believe. Um, what do you think kind of looking back at that and what were your takeaways? I think during the midterms, okay, so, man, I have so much to say on the midterms. The Republicans, let's triage our problems here, the the red wave. I think one of the reasons you didn't see it is because Republicans did some really stupid things leading up to the election. Like, um, getting Roe versus Wade overturned, like, hello, everybody came out in force to vote for Democrats to try to protect abortion rights. So that happened. And I'm just like thinking, I don't know why you guys thought that wasn't going to be like a big thing. Like that was a huge thing. Um, it's the, funny because you and I are both pro-life. If, yeah. 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 <laughs> but, so but we it's like, that. I'm not like upset about, you know, but I'm like, come on, like to do that right before the midterms, like you must have known the result and democrats are much better at organizing so i'm on all of these lists right for republicans and democrats and and third parties i get all of their email lists because i want to see what they're doing like what works what doesn't work democrats have a much more solid ground game they have precinct captains that walk they literally knock doors make sure that everybody has voted they have ballots on they have absentee ballots they, they know where to send you like they know all the stuff uh, Republicans have a much better communication game. They're more fun. They have interesting stuff. They're they're less angry. It's kind of fascinating, right? Because it wasn't the case in the early 90s. Um, but they're not as tight on their ground game. So take that, you know, with with the abortion thing. And um, yeah, guaranteed, guaranteed to not have as big of a red wave as you thought. What else? There were a couple of other political things that happened in october that were pretty nuts i'm trying to think of what they were they also the gop also ran some really unlikable candidates that was it yes um that's one of them so dr oz in pennsylvania come on so he's he's barely a republican he's not from pennsylvania 
like he's he was bad on the second amendment i, I just what are what are you doing what what are you doing like, that I, I told was... people all the time that he was literally no different than john fetterman he was pro trans kids pro gun control pro israel pro war with china pro war with iran they literally didn't disagree on anything other than the party that they were in yeah terrible choice and so that's just like people aren't people don't want to show up for that if someone's on the fence as a voter they just stay home they just stay home it's uh, and, and the same thing happened in georgia with with herschel walker that guy was uh terrible he was a terrible candidate his kid like flipped out at the last minute and it seemed pretty authentic i don't, I, I don't know for sure it seemed pretty authentic that his kid flipped out his kid's still a conservative uh he had a rant about vampires i mean it was hilarious yeah. it made me feel a lot better about the lp but it wasn't a good look um I, yeah there's stuff like that and then when that's sucking all the oxygen out of the room you know like that's what people are focusing on for the republicans instead of something better yeah. carrie lake in arizona you know maybe she got robbed i don't, I don't know um, I, you know what i Carrie Lake in like that whole Arizona deal. I once again just because this these are the kind of circles that I run in. Um, I thought they were going to do way better than they did, but yeah. it, it's like Carrie Lake and Donald Trump are still running on 20, 2020. Stop the, stop the steal stuff. Yeah. It's like, dude, and it's like I'm not saying that people don't have a right to be mad or be upset or pissed off or skeptical or wonder what happened, but you like you got to shed that and come up with something else because you can't keep running on the past like that is that is loser energy and i think carrie lake was like a really charismatic person who just didn't understand that and that's kind of unfortunate you know but it is what it is yeah so um the other thing that i've been kind of mulling around and this kind of relates to voters motivation but like when it comes to desantis and trump i i think that the moderates after seeing this whole trump indictment are a lot more turned off because yeah. they're like this is just fucking insanity like we do not care about this we just want the country to go back to 2019 which you know totally. sad, yeah they, they they don't understand that that's not going to happen but like they're i feel like a lot of people are just like i can't deal with this fucking insanity so anything that's not that i'm going that way yep um and i think that provides a pretty large air for you know, libertarians or unfortunately Democrats to kind of suck up some of that um, air. Um, DeSantis is a little bit more of a likable figure because he's like younger and charismatic. But on the other hand, he's a lot more decisive. He's a fucking neocon through and through. And he's very, he's ideological. And for the basic right wing base, um, some of them are really going to like that. Um, I think when it comes down to it, you know, whoever the GOP nominee is, a lot of people who voted for Trump are still going to vote for DeSantis. And there's going to be oh, some yeah. people who are in that cult of personality. And I think that's a lot smaller of a group of people than people think. Um, yeah, I, I I think that there's just a lot of space here. But do you kind of see that too? Where like, I think there's a lot of room for moderates to kind of get grabbed up here. I think so. I mean, I'm it's it's going to be an interesting year because you know the dnc has already endorsed joe biden so that's their guy they're going to run him again yeah. they're going to run him <laughs> again and so that makes it a little bit weird because i was thinking this was going to be like a you know a desantis uh Buttigieg mm -hmm. kind of ticket you know where they pick someone that's more moderate but like 
gay. So, hey, we're not that moderate, you know, like that kind of vibe where they're like trying to play both sides. Like, Mm -hmm. no, no, we're LGBTQ plus um, element OP, but not insane or not dementia. So I think that Republicans have a good opportunity, like if they want to run someone who's not so polarizing, but they're not going to do it because I think we're past that in politics. Like, I think that it's just about being polarizing. I think that I think that moderates are probably going to be people who just don't engage very much politically and hold their nose and toss a vote in at the last minute, but they're just not like big fans of Biden or DeSantis. They're probably, they're certainly not big fans of Trump. Mm -hmm. I imagine we'll get probably a lot of their votes, but those votes don't translate into memberships or growth in the Liberty movement. Those are just protest votes. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So I guess the other thing would be, I see a couple of the presidential nominees. I know one is uh, Chase from down in Georgia. Um, yeah, he could be a little silly at times, but I feel like he's kind of cleaning up his act. And I'm sure you two have probably had, you know, a couple, you know, little run-ins. But he seems like he's actually improved. Um, Mike Tiermat, I don't know anything about him. And some of the other guys who are uh, kind of coming up and announce their bid. I'm sure there's still people who have uh, mm-hmm. yet to announce their bid. But um I, I don't know what to think. I, I feel like that's a good slate of people, but I don't know what that's going to look like, um, oh, you know, kind of throughout look the country. So different in six months. What's up, everybody? Um, we're going to take a quick break and tell you about the show's sponsors. Um, we are brought to you by LMNT Electrolytes. I've been using this stuff for years, and what I've honestly found is that if I didn't have electrolytes before some kind of cardio, and sometimes even before workouts, that my workout performance, or definitely cardio performance, would suffer greatly. Um, Sodium is responsible for every single movement, pretty much, in your entire body. And let's say you drink a lot of caffeine, (laughs) like I like to do, then um, maybe it is a good idea, like I do every single morning, um, put some LMNT chocolate electrolytes um, there in your coffee to get a little bit more sodium, potassium, and uh, magnesium in your coffee so that way whatever diuretic effect you get from the caffeine is pretty much diluted by the fact that you put chocolate salt in it. Um, also, it tastes really, really good. Get some uh, chocolate creamer, hazelnut creamer, or even coconut, and uh, mix that all up. It tastes really, really good. So, uh, yeah, make sure you drop by, go to drinklmnt.com slash health and uh, pick you up some electrolytes today. All right, guys, thanks. I mean, right. I think that, you know, Mike and Mike and Chase are both very articulate. You know, like, I don't agree with Chase on a lot. He he is articulate. He held his own in the Georgia debates. I will absolutely give him that. Yeah. Um, you know, from a, from a Mises perspective, I want someone who's really like representing our values and our shared vision. Mm-hmm. And so I think you're going to see more names enter the, the race as we get a little bit closer. It's like, it's tough, though, like. I keep reminding everyone it's early, but it's not early. It's political season, right? It's early, like, as in people are announcing now and those people are early, but it's not too early to announce. So everyone's very anxious to see who jumps in. But uh, mm-hmm. I do think we're going to see some some people jumping in. I think we're also going to see people from other political parties trying to run under the LP banner. And so that'll be... Um, you know, I have to handle that as uh, gracefully as possible. Unless it's Joe Exotic who I did chase out of the party. Oh, like a, my God. I completely like forgot jerk. about that. Like yeah. jerk. Uh, so what the hell happened there? Because I, I remember seeing that drama, but yeah, go ahead. 
Okay. So Joe Exotic, here's the backstory. I actually feel really bad for Joe Exotic. And I don't think he should be in prison anymore. I think if he did anything messed up, like he served enough time. I'm, I don't buy the murder for hire plot thing. I've looked into it a little bit and I'm like, he, I think he was set up. I think he said some really dumb stuff, but I think he was set up. Um, so I bought this coloring book like months ago last year because I felt <laughs> bad for him. And I was like, he can have $14 for Christmas. Like he can have a little money on the books. It finally arrived like the week before I started fighting with him on Twitter. So it was like the timing was crazy. And there was like a little handwritten note in there from who knows. I don't know who puts this stuff together. It was the worst coloring book you've ever seen. It's like badly drawn stuff by Joe. <laughs> colored in. Handwritten note like, sorry, it took so long to get you this. I'm like, it's okay. And it was like a week later, he starts popping off saying he's going to run for the party. And I was like, no. So tmz hits me up and they want to do an exclusive interview with me and i was like yes actually i will give you the exclusive then i don't have to deal with anyone else um so you know they asked me for some quotes and i basically said you know that the libertarian party isn't a landing pad for d-list celebrities and washed up reality tv stars and <laughs> he was mad he was mad. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, we got to see the rest of it unfold on Twitter. And so I was beefing with him. So he doesn't tweet that himself, but he does email back and forth with a team of volunteers. So that those are his words that you're seeing. It's not mm -hmm. someone else that's totally made up. So I bullied him out of the LP, which is tragic since he's <laughs> such a tragic person. And he's running as a Democrat now. Mm -hmm. I feel a little bad, but we can't have someone who's like pro gun control and saying that we should, you know, abort babies to stop high school shootings. Like we can't have that. We just we can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, there there's, uh, you know, your necessary gatekeeping, which, uh, you know, I completely agree with. Yeah. I, I think the same thing would happen if Bill Weld decided that he wanted to come back into the fold. It's kind of like, all right, well, we yeah. did this once. So that's that's a good example because I was trying to think like who else would it be appropriate for me to to bully out of the LP because it's like a little controversial. People are like you shouldn't be putting your thumb on the scale, and I'm like, mm, here it comes. Um, there's going to be a few, and that might be one. That could be one. Well, you have to maintain a party image, right? I mean, yes. we are the Libertarian Party. It's you know, and the part the direction of the party has changed obviously since there's a change in leadership, but it's back to kind of more of a you know Mises style Libertarian. Yep. is i think is the rightful group of people who should be running the party so uh, there is going to be some necessary gatekeeping let me ask you how you feel about vermin doing another run oh god i i like forget that he even exists um I, i'm surprised that he's still like willing to be in the party because i mean he seemed like well, pretty spurgatory he, he was done with us and now he's interested in coming back mm -hmm. so there may be there might be a public conversation between the two of us happening maybe next month. Mm -hmm. So everybody uh be on the be on the lookout for that mm -hmm. if it were to happen. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's going to get their free unicorn. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean a public conversation between me and Vermin on whether or not this is the right place for him to be. Uh okay. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um Yep. Yeah, no, that's that's completely fair. Like I said, there's there's some level of necessary gatekeeping to maintain the cohesive image of a political party. And um, I, I was talking in a group chat today. And I said, you know, a perfect example of how conservatives have lost culture is uh, Upchurch and Luke Bryan being able to be prosperous in country music. 
Oh <laughs> man, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the fried chicken girl rap that was that was rough. <laughs> yeah, seeing uh up church and uh who the hell is that? Uh, I can't even remember some of these names, but uh they're so awful, and it's like this is why you guys lose because yeah. you're willing to let anybody in. Um, and you know, come on. I didn't understand it. what I was watching at first. I was like, I is this is it degeneracy or is it no? It's a new <laughs> kind of evil. I was mm. like, I'm not really sure. Yeah, this is fascinating. It broke the mold on what was terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a certain phrase that my dad said to me the first time he heard it, and I can't say it live on air because it's 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 pretty bad. Yeah. Um. So you know what, what's kind of giving you hope about uh, the Libertarian Party going forward? Because it seems like you're you're kind of on the tail end. Like you kind of got through a lot of the bullshit, and it seems like you're yep. still the falling action. You know, right after uh, what what is it called, the peak or whatever? Yeah, I mean, I'm really hopeful for the presidential election. I'm really hopeful um, at the fact that we now get to be out in front of the narrative. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have leader, you have decisive leadership now. So for whatever issues that have dragged us down, you know, like with internal with internal like staff stuff and like the tools that they've been saddled with and all of the work that that gets dumped on them, like that stuff is really challenging. But what's not challenging is for me to be like, oh, Ukraine war. No, bad. You know, U.S. pull out things like that that come down the pipeline. Like you're seeing really good response time, really good leadership. You know, like we're you're consulting with people who are the experts, you know, like what does Scott Horton think about this? You know, like, can I can I contact Jeff Dice on this other thing? Can I, you know, like we get like the best libertarian guidance, you know, like Ron Paul's at our rally. Like Mm -hmm. we're we're doing the right thing. And I'm really excited about being able to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. Um. I've blocked pretty much most of the loser brigade and uh, all the people who, uh, you know, the, the libertarian NATO simps and the classical liberal caucus. Um, I, I think it's probably for the best that those people are yeah. kind of out of the picture now. Um, yeah, I'm sure they probably maintain some kind of, you know, popularity somewhere, but it kind of seems like most of that faction of libertarianism is gone. I just don't I think, think it's growing best. either. Yeah. Like there's no mechanism to grow it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, I'm I, I like Justin Amash a lot, but I mean, he seems to be kind of the cohesive image for them, and I, I don't think he necessarily sees himself as that. I think he sees himself as like an ideological libertarian, consistent guy, you know, for the party. But um, yeah, I, I, you know, who knows where the hell those people are going now? And you know, if they're gone, then you know, it's definitely for the best. Um, so when it comes to like different state affiliates, do you think there are going to be any good um? good candidates going into 2024 like in specific states good candidates you mean for the presidential election uh, um aren't there going to be some state races as well oh yeah there are state yeah. races yeah well we've had some pretty hot ones uh recently so california was really controversial and sure. the vote wasn't as close as i thought adrian malagone was elected chair he's worked really hard right. um so they've had sort of a metamorphosis over there um michigan has been a really tough battle what else is coming we're right in the thick of convention season mm. i was just in colorado and they had a great convention that was that's that's great that's a wonderful state party Did you go party without four swami uh, well not hard i mean i was just there for <laughs> with the baby i i travel with a with a five-month-old mm. baby he was four months old almost five uh-huh. So I travel with the baby. Where else was really freaking great? Colorado, those people are awesome. 
I was just in Minnesota. Um, they had a really, really close uh, chair race, and they have like a Mises majority. Mm. Um, so they're really, they're really great people too. They I had a lot of fun up there. They all, I, I made a comment on their their Minnesota accent, and they all in unison said, "Oh, don't you know? It was the creepiest, craziest thing." Like I was <laughs> like, "Whoa, whoa!" Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess uh, one last thing, and then we now rock and roll on out of here. Um, you know, how's the family life? And, uh, you know, I, I know you're insanely busy, so I have to imagine that it's quite a task to kind of balance all of that. But, um, you know, how's how's your health and how's the uh, family? Um, health is doing good. I got sick after the, the rally because all of the stress, like it was super stressful sure. at the very end. Um, but I bounced back pretty well. Uh, baby's doing great. He's uh, almost five months old. He's uh, he was an early crawler. So he's been crawling for a couple of months, really crawling for the last couple of weeks, like a little speed racer. Mm -hmm. um, he can stand up almost on his own. Like it's it's wild. He started eating baby food yesterday, and he's a voracious eater. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a challenge to to balance it all. When I'm on Zoom calls that are not, you know, live streamed or interviews, I'm I'm I have him a lot of the time, so I'm muted and I'm like holding him and helping him walk across the bed or the floor or whatever. Um, uh, he goes everywhere with me, so I'm talking at the Cuban Action Tour event, um, April 29th, which is just in a couple of days from when we're recording this, and um, yeah, he'll be there, you know, the whole time and I'll pass him off when I'm talking, then I'll scoop him up afterwards. But, you know, a big criticism of the the LP in the past is that we didn't do a lot of outreach to women, except for talking about abortion, right? That was it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to just like, hi, I'm a lady with my baby and here I am. Instead of being like overly pandering, I'm just like, this is this is it. This is what it's like to be in politics with a woman. Obviously, we care about women because here we are. And I'm literally here with my baby, everyone. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a very, very important thing is we kind of outlined throughout the show is just to kind of lead by example. Yeah. And you don't have to pander. Um, you know, I want people to take the example of my health. And, you know, encourage that for their own, you know, I'm not going to sit here and preach to you about what you should eat, what you, how you should work out or anything like that, but I'm going to show you what I do. And then, you know, if you have questions, we can work on that. But, you know, same deal as you wanting to bring more women into the fold is that, hey, I'm a mother doing this, but these are the issues. This is what I care about. Yeah. And, you know, they can go from there. Like just this idea of pandering to people, it, it doesn't work and it it's a bad look. Anti-war is very much like a women's mother's issue because we send our sons off to die in wars overseas and it's awful and it's atrocious. And I think that it's something that women should really champion is like, it's like bring our troops home, but it's, it's bring your children home. Mm -hmm. I think that that should really be something that women are active in. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Um, well, we've been going for close to an hour now, and I want to be respectful of your time. I know you're, you know, insane, you're just insanely busy all the time. So, um, like I said earlier, I asked you if you had any hope kind of for the future of the NLC, but what kind of gives you hope overall? Overall, um, you know, I think the latest thing is the anti-war rally. The fact that mm -hmm. we were able to break bread with literal communists and try to do what we could to to peel back the threat of nuclear war. And we were able to 
look one another in the eye and see each other as human beings, like that gives me hope for the rest of humanity. If we can do it, anyone can. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. All right. Well, uh, we'll uh, go ahead and close her out unless you got any other final thoughts. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter, Patreon, and Locals. And thanks for having me back. Of course. Well, uh, you're welcome on any time. I always enjoy talking to you. And um, yeah, um, you know, thank you everybody for listening. Jeez, I can't even like talk half the time anymore. <laughs> and uh, until next time, everybody, take care. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.